Welcome to the creative brain of Dean Hawk. Get ready to be challenged, inspired, and equipped to become a better ministry leader. Hey, welcome to our Christmas edition. Uh, We hope you are getting ready for the holidays and and big things in store for you. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dean. Appreciate you watching and listening to the Dean Hawk Leadership Podcast in 2023. I want to encourage you that if you need a, a Pastor 411, have any questions, issues, challenges, I'd love to help and assist you in any way that I can. And so you can just email me, dean at deanhawk.com, and it's always a privilege to uh, uh, just offer any wisdom and assistance that I can to those that are in need. This month, we are talking about the difference between playing to win and playing not to lose. I see a lot of ministers start out strong, they're ambitious, they're playing to win, but maybe after a few hard knocks, after a few setbacks, maybe getting sacked a couple times on some issues, they end up start playing to not lose versus having that edge of playing to win. And on the surface, they can both look very similar. They can they can actually both look successful because it's truly not a win when you're playing not to lose. You're, you, you really didn't lose, but yet you're not winning. One of the greatest examples of this is the difference between King Saul and David. We know the story well, but just let me put it in context of our topic today of playing to win or playing not to lose. The Philistine and the Israelites have gathered together. They're on opposite sides of the hills and and in the with a valley in between them. And for 40 days, morning and night, Goliath has come out and challenged to fight whoever will fight him, that they will have a duel one-on-one, and whoever wins, the other's army will submit to them. And it's it's potentially a proposal that, that both the Philistines and the Israelites were both playing not to lose. Instead of all of us dying, let's just have one person die. Instead of potentially all of us being maimed or injured or wounded in a in a bloody war let's just send two people out so in all honesty the philistines and the israelites were both playing not to lose rather than playing to win if they were truly confident now the the philistines were confident in goliath but obviously they didn't have a confidence in their in their army to overtake, or they would have attacked. And so Saul's attitude says to me, hey, we're not losing, we're okay. But the reality is, by not by choosing not to lose, you've also said we're not going to win. And so what happens in this scenario is Saul's giving the appearance of doing his job but really he's not because he's he's giving him and his his men it's a false positive hey we're warriors we fight we defend the nation of Israel but kings were born to conquer and here's what i think happened that that goliath started out that we see the description in in scripture that he was over 9 feet tall i believe on day 1 
he presented as nine feet tall, I believe by day 40 of after hearing his threats and hearing his 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 calling out, by day 40 of his taunting, he probably was more like 15 feet tall of the mental image that they had built in their heads. So I want to dive in with that with that relation. And then as we know, David shows up on the scene and, and David was there to win. David, David had purpose and a destiny. And so I want to break down and give you some analogies. And as we go through this, I want you to assess yourself. Could that be me? Have I ever, am I doing that in any area of my personal life or my professional life or my leadership? So here's a simple breakdown. Uh, Playing to win, the goal is obviously to win. Praying not to lose, the goal is to maintain. Playing to win, they look to the future. Their focus is on what they could gain and what they could achieve. Playing not to lose, they only look at the present and how to preserve it. Their focus is on protecting what they already have versus obtaining and going for more. Rick Warren said this, he said, if you want your life to have impact, focus it. Stop dabbling, stop trying to do it all, do less, prune away even good activities and do only that which matters most. Never, I love this, never confuse activity with productivity. You can be busy without a purpose, but what's the point? Um, Next, uh, playing to win, they value making a difference over making a mistake. Think about that. The playing to win, they know they might make a mistake, but they place a greater value upon the potential, a greater value on making a difference in their city, making a difference in someone's life rather than, oh, if we do this, what if it doesn't work? We might make a mistake. Playing not to lose, they value complacency over losing. Yet they don't realize that complacency is ultimately losing. It's just a slower path to get there. So I'm going to say that again. They Playing not to lose, they value complacency over losing. Playing not to playing to win, they value making a difference over making a mistake. Playing to win is motivated by faith. It's it's a it's a faith motivation. I believe I can be sex, successful even if I can't see it or fully believe it myself. Whereas playing not to lose we can all grasp this, is motivated by fear. A fear of losing what we have overrides the potential of what we could have. I'm going to say that again. A fear of losing what we do have overrides the potential of what we could have. Someone put it this way. They said, in order to succeed, your desire for success needs to be higher than than your fear of failure. In order to succeed, your desire for success needs to be higher than your fear of failure. Next, playing to win. They dream about what could potentially be. Playing not to lose, they worry about what might go wrong. Playing to win, it's an offensive movement. Playing not to lose is a defensive movement. Playing to win is a confidence in God. Playing not to lose 
is a confidence in ourselves. You see, because it's it's our self-confidence that we we don't think we can win, so we we take the safe path and our self-confidence, we're saying that it's if it's up to us, we're better off to not play to win, but to play not to lose. Next, I would say playing to win is a holy discontent, and it's a push for more. Playing it safe and, and playing not to lose is being content and playing it safe. It's being content and playing it safe. Next, playing to win, they embrace change as a way to achieve their goal. They're not afraid of change. They embrace change as a way to achieve their goal. Playing not to lose, they refrain from change to maintain what they have. I'm going to say those again because I want it to sink in. Playing to win, they embrace change as a way to achieve their goal. Playing not to lose, they refrain from change to maintain what they have. You see, many people prefer the comfort of familiarity over the uncertainties associated with changes. Next, playing to win is a conviction to right a wrong. It's, it's, I see something that needs to be done, needs to be changed, needs to be fixed. There's a wrong I need to make right. Whereas playing not to lose is a concern to protect our image. If What if I do it and it doesn't work? People are going to look down on me. Playing to win is a willingness to take calculated risk. Playing to win is not just, not just you know, uh, care, care to the wind and I just go through life recklessly. It is taking calculated risk. Playing not to lose is an unwillingness to have a setback of any kind. It's saying I, I can't lose ground. But how many times do we know that we must retreat? We must, uh, when we hit a roadblock, we need to pull back and maybe choose another path. We need to be willing to step back in order to step forward. Playing to win takes sacrifice. It's going to cost us something. It might cost us time, energy, sleep, who knows what that is. And it's, it stretches us and takes more effort. But that's where the difference is playing not to lose appeases us and makes us more comfortable. We tend to play the victim card in an attempt to deflect responsibility for our lack of progress or advancement. So we pull out, we say, well, we couldn't because of this. Well, we, we can't grow. We can't expand. We can't build. We can't do because, well, because... You know, it's the economy. It's 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 our president's fault. You know, it's it's Congress's fault. It's well, it's it. You know, it's it's COVID's fault. We can always find an excuse. I was watching a documentary on Michael Phelps, who's won twenty three gold medals, and he made a statement. He was talking about his training regiment and his how he practiced and what he did. And he became so good that basically no one could beat him, that that he became his own competition. And so his competition wasn't, how do I beat the enemy uh, or the competitor, but how do I beat my time from last year? How do I set a new world record? But he made this statement. He said, I practice when I'm in full-on training for an Olympic Games or World, world uh, Finals. 
He said, I practice seven days a week. He said, which means I get 52 more days a year of practice and workouts than my competitors. That makes a difference. And I'm not saying that we're supposed to work as ministers and pastors seven days a week, but I'm telling you there's a mindset. There was a competitive mindset that in order to win, I'm going to have to sacrifice, I'm going to have to lay, lay it down, and I'm going to have to put forth some extra effort. In order to play to win, the risk of success outweighs the possibility of failure. There's a chance we're going to fail, but the risk of success outweighs the possibility of failure. Flip side, when we play not to lose, the risk of failure outweighs the possibility of success. Playing not to lose, the risk of failure outweighs the possibility of success. And in that light, failure is almost always guaranteed. It's just going to happen in slow motion. So I want to challenge you. What's the giant you've been avoiding? What's What have you been putting off? Maybe it's a project. Maybe it's something that God is challenging you. Maybe it's a new outreach that you're going to launch in 2024 that you felt like you were supposed to launch in 2023. Maybe there's some staff issues or that that need to be addressed. Maybe there's a staff person that there needs to be a change in, in their employment. But we, you've been playing not to lose versus playing to win. Where could you be if you had a winner in that seat, if you had someone who's playing to win in that seat? And I would ask you, what has the Holy Spirit been challenging you to preach on? And you've went, no, Lord, you know, the last time I touched on that, Mrs. So-and-so really got upset. And maybe you're not going to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit because, well, you know, we've got some new people. And I'm not sure where they're at. Be bold in what the Spirit of God is calling you to do. Make sure that in your personal life, your professional life, your ministry life, that you are always plain to win, because now we're giving God something to work for. And I love in the book of 1 Samuel in chapter 17, it says, when David gathered his stones, it says he ran towards the giant. I love that. Run at the thing you fear the most, and you'll see it's not that intimidating. With one sling of his arm, What everyone feared for the previous 40-plus days was now flat on the ground, and David takes off his head. That thing that seems like a giant, you can conquer when you put your trust and your faith in God. Hey, I want to encourage you. Check out DeanHawk.com. We've just released uh, one of my favorite series. I think I say this, guys, every, every series I release. We just released... Uh, a series that I did this fall called Guilt Trip. I'm telling you guys, this stuff is gold. It's from the Holy Spirit. I can't take credit for it, but I would encourage you to put it 
in your uh, sermon series rotation for 2024. It has really helped people tremendously. It helped me tremendously first to be free from guilt. Plus, we've got all our other resources. They're free of charge. If you missed last month, talking about starting to merge pastors network in your community. Uh, if you're going to be doing that, if God's prompted you to do that, would you please shoot me an email, dean at rockfamilychurch.com. Let me know what God's doing in your city. Let me begin to pray with you as you launch that pastors network there. Merry Christmas to everyone and a happy new year. We'll see you in January. Thank you for joining us today. For a free sermon series and teaching outlines by Pastor Dean, visit us at deanhawk.com. Be sure and join us next month as we continue our growth on leadership.